Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Won't you give me that boom, boom, boom? Cause I like that style, style, style. Hey everybody, welcome to Mad Truth with Dr. Gina. It's always a great day to be with you. Uh, the focus of truth is something we're going to really get into today and why it's so critical because let me just say this. The nomination of Katanji Brown Jackson may possibly be the greatest departure from truth we have ever known. Let that sink in. This is why I'm so glad that you are mad about truth, both mad in that you are crazy about the pursuance of truth, but also angry mad that truth has been so swept under the rug, that God has been taken out of every element of our government. And that continues with this particular nomination. Let me first just open by saying, there should not be a single senator who claims to believe in God that votes for this abomination of a nominee to replace Stephen Breyer. She has done so many things that are completely hypocritical to the things that she's claiming to be doing now as she's being judged herself, right? Um, but worse than that, there are questions that are not being asked, and we're going to get to some of those. And there are things she has said that if, if, this is what the Democrat Party believes. If there's one single Republican that would dare vote for this Katanji Brown Jackson, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to define them since definitions seem to be something really complicated for people these days. It went like this. Senator Blackburn said, can you provide a definition of the word woman? Jackson answers, no, I can't. Blackburn, looking completely befuddled, says, you can't. Jackson says, I'm not a biologist. Well, we're going to get to what significance that might have in her nomination as well. The fact that she is simply a legal scholar, simply a lawyer. My point, perhaps she should stay where she is because judges need to be much more sophisticated than that. If she's defining herself so narrowly, perhaps that completely eliminates her from consideration to begin with. But let's jump into this a little bit more. She argued in college, interestingly, that judges have personal hidden agendas. Don't you find that interesting that she argued that? I find it really interesting that she argued that judges have personal hidden agendas. I, I don't know how she was so perceptive at such a young age, but apparently she knew herself and knew that she couldn't rule without having a personal hidden agenda. This perhaps should totally eliminate her from the nomination. In the hearings, I believe it was yesterday, she called illegals non-citizens. 
non-citizen. So that tells you exactly where she stands on open borders. She wants the borders open. She doesn't believe it's illegal for any Tom, Dick, or Harry to walk across your border. I'm sure she locks her doors at night, and I'm sure she considers herself worthy of security. At least I know she will if she is ultimately appointed to the Supreme Court. She locks her doors, but she doesn't want you to be able to lock yours. Why? Because she's an elitist. Because she has a personal hidden agenda. Self-confessed personal hidden agenda. Her personal hidden agenda, though, gets much darker and disturbing. Child porn. As I've talked about many times on my show, Dr. Gina Primetime on Real America's Voice, every single night at 7 p.m. I hope you watch. I hope you never miss it because I report stuff no one else reports in media. And I'll continue. Her view on child porn, think about it like this. According to Ted Cruz, he, he boiled it all down. She has reduced sentences for child porn crimes, distribution of child porn, by half in 100% of the cases, the sentencing she gave. I'm going to say that again so I make sure you understand it. She has reduced the sentences for child pornographer distributors. These are child sex predators. She reduced the sentences by half. Half of the recommended minimum. Why aren't they getting double the minimum, right? Half of the minimum. 100% of the time. It's actually 47 point something percent. That alone should just blow the door closed on her going any further in any sort of involvement in our government, let alone our top levels of government. She is an abortion lover. Don't forget that. I'm going to get more into that in a moment. Um, but I will submit to you, I will submit to you that Democrats in this, we need to be asking them the questions. The Democrats that are doing the question asking, but Democrats that are just in your feed or in your lives or in your families, ask them, do they really want to be the party of child pornography, child sex predators, baby killing, woman-hating, gender bias, open borders, racial bias. I mean, literally, the list goes on and on. Ask them which one of those things they identify with if they think it's okay that Katanji Brown-Jackson actually get to serve on the Supreme Court. Just ask them that question. I'm curious. Which of those things do they espouse? Because so far, that's the only things I can see that she actually stands for, has a record in, and has basically promised to put forward. What a shame to be a Democrat today. What a shame what's happened to that party. I, I personally like two healthy, honest political parties. I say this all the time. I love competition. That's why I'm a conservative. That's why I'm a capitalist. I love competition. I want the Democrats and the Republicans to be able to compete in a fair arena. But what's happened is the Democrats have become so owned by these niche, obscure political 
operatives that believe in things like child porn, baby killing, killing women hating, racial and gender bias, open borders. They've become so owned by these political special interest groups that are so fringe, but they've tried to make a a, a whole party out of basically the misfits, the rejects of our society. That's what the Democrats have become. They try to look normal and act normal. I don't know, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi, none of the three of them can even talk normally. But they try to they try to fake it, not letting you know that the slime that parades across their special interest doors are people who believe this drivel. People that believe it's okay to sexually abuse a child to take pictures of it, to distribute them, to destroy these children. People that believe it's okay to, on the one hand, nominate someone based only on her race and gender with zero qualifications considered in that pool, but then to say that gender doesn't actually matter. I don't even know how you can say both things, and I'm going to get to that as well. There were an amazing, Joel Pollack does some great work, There was an amazing list of 10 things that uh, he enumerated. These are 10 questions for Supreme Court nominee Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson. I'm hoping these questions will ultimately be asked. We're going to go to those in just a moment. And then I'm going to speak directly to the hypocrisy of her saying there is no definition of the word woman. I believe that in and of itself, on its face, negates her nomination But we're going to talk about that as well and give you, as always, lots of action steps, talking points, and the best part of all, therapy for your activist mind and soul. We'll be back in just a moment with more Mad Truth with Dr. Gina. Don't go away. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Mad Truth with Dr. Gina. It's good to have you in the house. This nomination is perhaps the most scandalous, truth-destroying nomination, certainly of any Supreme Court nomination ever in the history of America or anywhere. But I think perhaps one of the strongest injuries to our Constitution that this woman is even nominated, especially in light of the fact what she's already said. She's already admitted so much. But there are some questions that uh, she hasn't been asked. And Joel Potick did a great job enumerating that. Now, we all know, we all know what happened yesterday uh, in Senator Martha Blackburn's, Marsha Blackburn's um, questioning of her. She said, can you provide a definition of the word woman? Jackson says, no, she can't. Blackburn says, what, you can't? Jackson says, I'm not a biologist. If you've studied logic, we call that an ad hominem argument or an ad hominem attack. 
Instead of answering the question, she changed the subject and redirected it in a manner of speaking back to Senator Blackburn. It's a cop-out in layman's terms. If you haven't gone to grad school, good for you. I'm sure you're a lot smarter for it. I did that for way too long, and one of my classes was logic, and this is where I learned about how people change up arguments to get out of actually having the argument or actually engaging in the debate. But Joe Pollack in Breitbart, I believe yesterday or day before, um, said there are several questions she must face. One, does she believe current penalties for sex offenders are too harsh? Well, we know the answer to that. But I don't know if she's been asked that specifically. But based upon her lenient sentences, 100% of the time, um, it looks like she is opening, open to reducing sentencing guidelines. Number two, what does Judge Jackson think of the racial and gender criteria of her own nomination? That's a brilliant question, actually. If she can't define what the word woman is, then how can she even go along with this very false nomination process that was boiled down to women and black women only. Number three, does Judge Jackson support critical race theory? She has been asked about this. But it's known that she talked around it. And if you are fundamentally racist, you believe our constitution is racist and that racism persists in nearly all of our institutions, and you want to talk only about race on the face of everything, and you believe in equity instead of equality, very important distinction I try to explain all the time. I think I explained it in my last podcast, if you want to look that one up. But we know the answer to this question. I'd like to hear her answer with a yes or no. Number four, does Judge Jackson agree with the 1619 Project that America was founded on slavery? Now, this is an offshoot, of course, of CRT. But she did cite this in her Michigan Law School speech. And the 1619 Project is known to be fraudulent. Falsely claims that the American Revolution was fought to defend slavery. Does she agree with that case that America was founded on slavery? And she does, does she, more importantly, does she believe it should be taught to our children? Of course, I'm not sure she cares a lot about what happens to children, even though she apparently has two of her own that the Democrats are trying hard to play up. How much could you care about children if you're sending a message to child sexual predators that if you come under her judgeship when you're sentenced for your crimes against children? you'll have a reduced sentence by half, 100% of the time. Number five, does Judge Jackson believe, as Black Lives Matters does, that police are guilty until proven innocent? It's a good one. I like that too. Does she believe abortion has had a disproportionate impact on the black community? Because we know it has. And we know that she wouldn't have been nominated by this regime if she weren't rabidly pro-abortion. Now she's going to try to talk about the cases and Pollock points that out. 
but it seems fair to ask if she's so pro-black. I don't know if she is because I don't know if she can define black because she can't find women. So maybe she can't find black. I don't know. We have to think about that one. It's kind of a mind twister. But she should recognize that the black community has been eugenically affected by this and that Planned Parenthood's own founder, Margaret Sanger, was a known eugenicist, a follower of Hitler, who absolutely founded Planned Parenthood to eliminate the black race. Yeah, and Hillary Clinton honored her. It's unbelievable. Does she believe that the court should remain at nine justices? The court packing. Now, Democrats have performed various forms of court packing. And Justice Breyer, though, in his time on the court, was sometimes the only one telling liberals, warning liberals, cautioning liberals to think long and hard about this court packing. So it would be interesting to ask Judge Jackson if she agrees with Justice Breyer and also with the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was also a skeptic of court packing. Or is she just woke and a big follower and a big PCer, and she's going to go right along with whatever this regime wants her to do? Number eight, Pollock says, does she believe in the Iran deal is constitutional or if it avoids the Senate? That's a good question. I haven't heard her ask that yet. I can't swear she hasn't been asked any of these because this piece did come out a day or two ago. But we all know that President Barack Obama avoided the Senate, submitted the original Iran deal to the United Nations, supposed to be ratified by two-thirds majority vote in the Senate. And now that we have this Iran deal looming here on the horizon with Russia in charge, which you can hardly even believe, can the Biden administration be taken to court if it tries to repeat what Obama did? That's a good question. Number nine, are liberal judges abusing, abusing rather, the Chevron doctrine? Now, this doctrine is one handed down in 1984. It gives the executive branch of our government the ability to interpret legislative statutes and requires the judiciary to refer to that. So liberal judges, of course, more likely to overturn any conservative policies. So should the court therefore end this doctrine? Because liberals are going to stick to these rules as precedent. And they love to rely on precedent, by the way, because it gives them more power. That's what activist judges do. I did a whole podcast about that. Check that one out. Lastly, can we have the rule of law with an open border? Because she does like to talk about the rule of law. I've heard her mention it. But as millions, including terrorists, including drug dealers, including, yes, as the president said, some rapists, some murderers, are flooding our border, millions and millions, millions more on the horizon. This regime has said, oh, it's not that big of a deal or that these people all need amnesty or, oh, the drugs come from China, not from across the border. Well, yeah, they may come from China, but guess how they're getting here? Across our southern border. Fentanyl deaths are at an all-time high. 
fentanyl entering our, our, our country at an all-time high. Borders wide open. Terrorists coming in. Children being sold into sex slavery. Again, she doesn't apparently give much of a to-do about that, but it might matter to you. It might matter to some Democrat out there. Remember when the Democrat Party was the party of women and children, supposedly? They used all their emotional arguments, and, and, the, and, the, and on the right so often we were confronted with facts and science and econ- economics and uh, actual psychology and, and, and history, things like that. And the left, and I remember going to events where we would talk about how to express the fact that we do care, even though we want to rely on facts. Facts tend to sound insensitive sometimes. You say, well, I don't believe in social justice. I don't believe in the kind of social justice the Democrats believe in, for example. Well, they say, oh, so you're, you're biased against women. No, not biased against women and children in need. Absolutely not. There's a place for that. It's called family. It's called neighbors. It's called churches. It's called charity. There's a big place for that. It's not called government. You want to put Gina Loudon in charge of uh, government and the size of government, and I'll tell you what, I would eliminate more departments. It would blow conservatives' minds what I would eliminate. But I'll tell you what, your taxes would be low, and your businesses would be flourishing, and your families would be strong, and your churches would be strong. They want social justice to take all of those things away from people and make government their family, their neighbors, their church, and their uh, charity. That's what they want. That's why they do it. They want to be in charge of you. So we have this situation now where it almost looks like Republicans have become the absolute champions. I believe we always were, by the way. I believe that conservatives, and I don't want to use the Republicans because I don't mean this in terms of party at all, but I mean this in terms of ideology. Conservative Christians have always been the champions of women and children. It is fundamental to our faith, right? But they've done a great job of painting us as people only interested in, you know, wonky policies, idea and his, ideas and histories and economics and uh, science and things that, you know, they don't consider people's feelings, We all know about the facts, don't care about your feelings, quote. That's what they like to think about us. It's not true. Who do you see in in these Senate hearings defending feelings, women and children? Tell you what, it's not the left. Anyway, um, you do have to wonder about religious liberty. You have to wonder about the Second Amendment. And if the senators were doing a really good job, they would have asked every single one of these questions and then some. When we come back, though, how can Katanji Brown-Jackson be confirmed if she can't even rule on women's issues because she can't define one? We're going to talk about that coming up next and give you your action points, marching orders, doctor's orders, if you will. And, of course, the therapy that you need for your activist mind. More Mad Truth with Dr. Gina right after this. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... 
producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back to Mad Truth with Dr. Gina. We're asking the question today, the mini questions today, regarding Katanji Brown-Jackson's nomination to the Supreme Court to replace Stephen Breyer. Destruction of truth is happening right before our very eyes. She's a liar. Anyone who votes for her is either a liar or a condoner of gender bias, child porn, abortion, open borders, racial bias, the list goes on and on. Judicial activism, probably court packing. Like I said, the list goes on and on. But my question is just to her. How can you even accept this nomination, Katanji Brown-Jackson, if you can't define what a woman is? Because you were selected, according to Joe Biden, you were selected because you are a woman who is black. So if you don't even know what that means, that says to me, because I mean, Joe Biden's not a biologist and he nominated you. Perhaps we should get some biologists in there to do some very close examinations on you and figure out if you're a woman or not. I mean, we all go through it every time we go through the TSA, right? How can you rule on women's issues like abortion when you can't define what a woman's issue even is? If you can't define woman, can you define baby? If you can't define woman or baby, can you define black woman? I don't know, man. How can you rule on gender when you apparently don't know what it is? Apparently, all you know is law. So here's my suggestion for Katanji Brown-Jackson. Stick to being a lawyer. You want to be a law professor? I guess you know how to talk about being a lawyer. That's fine. You want to be a, a legal a legal advisor, I think that's great. You can stick to that. I, th I think you could probably define both of those words, but I think it does really come down to definitions in your dishonesty, Katanji Brown-Jackson. You don't want to talk about truth. That is the reality of these hearings that we're seeing right now. You see, Lawyers only have to know the law. So you're, you're in good shape there. You can go on being a lawyer and you can go on doing all your demise to society by letting child predators off the hook and condoning crime and murder and rape. That's, that's great. You do your thing. Actually, I think it's disgusting. I don't think you should even be a lawyer. I think you should be disbarred for what she said in this nomination process. But judges have to be able to soberly rise above the law and judge truth. Truth. The truth of the Constitution. You can't be a judge if you can't judge. And judging requires defining in your mind. 
She can't do any of this because she has no bearing in truth. She has bearing only in her own self-glorification and elitist opinions. No bearing in truth whatsoever. So as I said, it is my argument that truth is being defiled in a way it never has been. Not as badly for such an important purpose as a Supreme Court justice. This woman has no bearing in truth. And this is what folks like you and I fight for every day. It's why the name of this podcast is Mad Truth. Because we are mad about it in every way you can be mad about truth. And this candidate is the farthest thing from that. So here's my final point. If you have a friend, relative, colleague, politician who doesn't think that she is the worst thing to happen to truth in our culture ever, let alone in our government, they are condoning all of the things she has argued for. Personal hidden agendas of judges. Illegals called non-citizens, so open borders. Reduced sentences for criminals who abuse and rape and kill children. But then she's also for killing babies. For gender bias. Racial bias. The list really goes on. And we have a lot of questions. We don't have answers for where she stands on them. Second Amendment, an important one. So I want you to ask these Democrats if they believe in these values and if not, why they are not fighting hard. Their party has died. It has left them and we have to wake them up to that. So those are your doctor's orders for today's Mad Truth Politics uh, with Dr. Gina and um, podcast rather not politics, but it is politics. I guess you figured that out. I think it's really important also to look behind what she's doing for her motivation. Her motivation is simply to be confirmed. She's about as interested in truth as her resume demonstrates. And you've got to let the world know. So thank you so much for joining me today. Mad Truth with Dr. Gina. I hope you will subscribe. I hope you will share. And I hope you will join us tonight at 7 o'clock and every night at 7 o'clock. Well, I guess except Fridays and Saturdays on Real America's Voice. That's 7 p.m. Eastern for Pacific, for my Pacific Coast friends. And we will see you there. Thanks for joining me. Go boldly now and live the truth. Won't you give me